This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer Al Castle, back once again with my co-host Brian Solomon. What's it, how's uh, it going, Brian? Uh, everything's moving really fast, and I'm trying to keep up, Al. That's how it's going. Yes, I mean, uh, absolutely uh, a crazy, and because there's so much news going on, invited the boss back uh, again, PWI Editor-in-Chief Kevin McElmany. How's it going? Uh, same as Brian. I feel like I'm on a treadmill where the keeps uh not even the hill it keeps increasing but the speed and i'm trying to keep up which maybe wouldn't be the worst thing for me yeah yeah i mean uh and we'll get into it but i don't ever remember a stretch uh like this just from our last podcast we are uh right before we we began recording uh we mentioned that you know the the and i read this just in the observer before getting on the heads of four of the seven biggest wrestling companies um in the world uh, have all departed, um, been toppled or fired or, or resigned. And the reality is we're not going to get to probably uh, most of those because of how much news it's going on. An absolutely insane uh, couple weeks stretch here uh, for news. You know, I, I think I, I wrote you, Kevin, uh, uh, Harry, uh, and I probably already have six of our top 10 stories uh, of, <laughs> of 2024, you know, done before the end of January with, with all the news that's uh, going on. And uh, we'll try to cover as much uh, as we can here with, without obviously going into three or four hours. But certainly we're going to be talking about Vince McMahon. We're going to be talking about uh, WrestleMania. We're going to be talking about the biggest match in pro wrestling being on, then off, and then maybe back on again. And now we're not super clear what's happening with it. Um, a, a new deal for Raw that, that is going to transform the way we watch uh, wrestling and uh, a lot more. So uh, just stay tuned. Uh, uh, real quick, let's talk about the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is the uh, year in wrestling. It's got, uh, I don't know if I had this in my hand when we recorded last time. I guess I did, right? You did, yeah. Yeah, I've taken good care of it over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's got the Judgment Day in the cover. It is year in wrestling. It's got all the awards, a super fun uh, issue. You know something we didn't mention last week? A different look to uh, a PWI. And I know that there were some changes uh, coming. Uh, Really uh, uh, clean, sleek. I, I I like it a lot. I think you could say about. I mean, here's just an example of one of the. Yeah, changes. that's a before. That's the classic before the bell section. Um, there's actually some additional changes coming to. Not really additional changes, but a continuation of those changes on the next issue. These were headed up by uh, Sean Barron, who's the new creative director, newish creative director, at Kappa Publishing, or parent company. Um, and then, you know, done in conjunction, of course, with Laura Brubaker, who's been on the podcast, the lead designer and art director at PWI. Um, yeah, the idea was just sort of to make it a little cleaner, more contemporary, be able to, you know, kind of have everything breathe a little bit more. Um, so the, the, the text is a little bit smaller. The images are a little bit bigger. Um, there's going to be more in the way of sidebars. The columns are going to be structured differently. We'll have everything organized a little better. One positive outcome of this is that there, the uh, layout of the magazine will be a little bit more predictable. 
you know, because sometimes it's pretty all over the place and you don't know what you're going to find when you open up a specific issue. Um, and in this case, we're going to have, you know, the columns all running more, more regularly, just, you know, most of them, just about every issue. Um, you know, the, the features will be bright and beautiful and, it's very exciting. So it's all done in conjunction with our 45th anniversary because 1979 to 2024 whew, feels like a fake year, but it's a real year. And as you alluded to, Al, one of the busiest years we've seen yet, and that's only February. So total uh, uh, aside, uh, a bar that had nothing to do with anything. And, and given how much news is going on, I shouldn't even mention. But again, at the press conference last night, they're confusing you know 40 years of something with the 40th anniversary of something and well they did that they've done that with 40. the 25th they did yeah you know and i'm gonna pull my hair out and, and my kids are with me and they're like i don't get it <laughs> like, you know you don't, you don't turn one on your first birthday right, right? Or, or, or you do them so you don't you don't turn one on the day that you're born yeah right so Let's not even get to it. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I mean, it 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 looks really great. Looks kind of you know grown up. Uh, it, it, that's a good way to. That's it. the term that Harry Burkett used too. That's yeah. kind of yeah. It is a little more in line with like mainstream, not without losing what makes PWI PWI. But it, it's funny some of these trends that I see uh, in contemporary publishing and that you know are being leaned into a little bit more here. Some of them are sort of timeless and. You know, even though it looks very different in some ways, there are similarities to what the magazines looked like years ago. So right. I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to people's feedback on that and hearing what they think. Anyhow, go and pick it up, pwi-online.com. Lots of cool photos. Here's Seth holding his uh, award uh, for Wrestler of the Year. Um, and uh, we've got the Match of the Year, Woman of the Year, Faction of the Year, Most Hated, Most Popular, all, all the awards that... Um, you know, means so much in this industry. I mean, uh, these are things that. And don't you think? Don't you think that Seth should have busted out that PWI when he was trying to convince Cody that his title was the one that mattered? And he should have. That yeah, was the moment. It. I mean, I don't know. Break out the uh, the the plaque, but I mean, plaque, you you are making case right, and and you say like, look, I'm the best in the world. You know, missed opportunity. Know yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, again, pwi-online.com. Pick up the one issue, subscribe, wh whatever you want. Obviously, subscribe. Um, you'll get more of your money's worth. You get a deep discount over uh, the uh, the cover price. Uh, let's not lose any more time. So much going on. Let, let's start with uh, Vince McMahon. And in some ways, I feel like we we're just having this conversation. I guess it was a couple years ago. Um, and at the time, I was skeptical if this was really the end of, of Vince McMahon, and it was not. You know, he was back within months, um, and now this is really sort of the same story coming back with with a lot more uh, details. And now we see in his words, um, and and look, I mean, th there's going to be um, the, the apologists. I've heard from some of them. You know, she's just out for for his money, all that kind of stuff. Um, all of that you know, is kind of neither here nor there. It's almost um, um, whatever you think about how complicit um, some folks might might say, uh, uh, Janelle Granton, her name's out, out there, uh, what was in all of this. Uh, first of all, I mean, there's loads of evidence that that's not true, um, mm -hmm. that she very much was a victim in this case. Uh, but regardless, it's almost less about her and more about Vince and what this says about the person at the helm of WWE um, for the last, whatever it is, 50 years uh, and how 
appalling it is and and disgusting. You know, I've heard people say, uh, you know, this almost becomes a Chris Benoit situation where the the goal isn't just to create distance from Vince McMahon, but but almost kind of trying to scrub him from the history of WWE. And clearly, that's impossible. I mean, it, 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 it this isn't a guy who worked for WWE or even was a prominent figure. I, I don't know anybody else who is um, as sort of synonymous with uh, a company and and an industry uh, as uh, a Vince McMahon. So it it's um, it, it it's incredibly difficult, I think, for for WWE and now especially under the the TKO uh, umbrella, part of this this larger uh, media company that. Uh, you know, we've talked about how one of the, and sometimes it's been a blessing for WWE, and sometimes it's been a curse that they kind of don't play by the same rules because they're pro wrestling. They're not sort of taken seriously. Uh, Endeavor, Ari Emanuel, UFC, TKO, this, these are very much serious business people um, and will want to have absolutely nothing to do with this. To some extent, it makes you question why they brought Vince in to begin with because this stuff was out there, you know, and, and really I think they turned a blind uh, eye to it. Um, but so much to say here, you know, Brian, I'll, I'll go to you first, you know, what, what does this, and again, I feel like we just had this conversation, but, but what does this mean for, for Vince McMahon's legacy and how does WWE go forward? Well, I think the more I look at this, cause we talked about how, you know, this was an issue like a year ago, a year and a half ago or whatever. It's clear to me that he really should have just disappeared at that point because this was going to come out and he knew it was, and a lot of people did. And the fact that he then muscled his way into the whole thing and it became like I called it, you know, like the slow moving train wreck of a year and a half. Uh, part of me wonders if maybe that was all done because he knew this was going to happen and he knew that if it happened before a potential sale that basically the entire company might have been just sold for scrap at that point. Uh, and he wanted to get a sale like this pushed through before this became public. But it, it's just one big giant mess. And as far as his legacy goes, I mean, yeah, how could it be anything other than this? And it's not like um, these things were not are completely new, you know, because there's a lot of people out there, I guess, who maybe are younger or they don't follow as closely who just thought Vince was this. TV character, announcer guy, or whatever. But I mean, there have been stories about Vince for almost as long as he's been running WWE, and not and and not just in dirt sheets and newsletters and things like in the news, on talk shows, been talked about. Um, we just never knew in black and white the full extent of it. That's the thing. Like I, I've been talking to people that I used to work with and things like that at WWE and even though I personally never heard anything to this degree, I have spoken to people who claim that they have. So uh, this is not completely new, but it seems like this is the final, I guess, reckoning after decades of being uh, impervious to this sort of thing. I think that's now over. And as other people have said, even if there was a chance, you know, when somebody does something horrific, and then later in life, they have a second act where they can redeem themselves or or enough time even for people to forget or whatever. Quite frankly, Vince doesn't have enough time for that to happen. Yeah. So this is his legacy for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, I mean, I, I think that the, the stuff that makes the headlines 
is the salacious stuff, the, the, the details of some of his sexual proclivities. And I think that really sort of misses the, the, the bigger point of um, how revealing this is about how he sees um, other people that he works with, you know, uh, and that power dynamic and how he sees himself. And, you know, I think there are, there are overlaps with, with other stories in, in the news and other people in power and um, the, the idea of uh, never being accountable. But, you know, what I took away from this was here's a guy who sort of feels like he could do whatever he wants to yeah. anyone um, and they are powerless to do anything about it. And if they even think about making a move, it's just a matter of signing a check and, and you make them go away. And then you just do it to the next person. And again, this whole issue of, uh, you know, how much did she go along with this uh, or not? Again, misses the point that this is Vince McMahon, right? He, this, this guy is pro wrestling. What are you going to do, right? I mean, uh, uh, when 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 this guy is wielding that, the, the, the power dynamic is is such that, of, of course, Janelle uh, Grant is, is a victim. There isn't any other way. And especially, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Um, Kevin, no, please go ahead, Brian. Just quickly, especially if you really read as as difficult and painful as it is, if you really read everything there, and you see the context of it and her background and her situation and yeah. everything, and you take all that into account, it's very clear that that she was a victim here. I mean, we can all. That's the thing. We. I'm sorry to pontificate here, but we can all sit on our high horse and say, "Well, I would have done this, and I would have told him this, and I would have quit, and I would have said that." But the reality is not everybody is capable of doing that or in the in the situation is going to do that. Are there people who might have said, Vince McMahon, go, go F yourself. I'm quitting. And, uh, you know, I, I don't care what you're going to do to me. Maybe there would have been. But just because somebody didn't do that or felt powerless to do that or intim too intimidated to do that and is not the kind of person that maybe feels that they have the ability to do that. And then several months later goes, how the hell did I get myself into this? Just because that happened doesn't mean that this person is not a victim and isn't deserving of our sympathy and our support here, because we all like to think what we would have done in this situation, yeah. but that's not reality for a lot of people. Instead, let's deal with what actually happened instead of all these ridiculous hypotheticals. So anyway, and, and sorry, Karen. Yeah, and it's there in the text messages, and some of the hardest stuff to read is, is, you know, Janelle responding, and when there is clearly, you know, this part of her that just feels uh, 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 terrible, you know, about yeah. what, what she's a part of, and, and her saying, I feel sick about it, and Vince just like, yeah, 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 you know, kind of toughen up and, and get over to Johnny's place in the morning. Sure. Yeah. So I, before, I mean, obviously we're already in the thick of it. I don't think anybody listening at this point... Uh, doesn't know that you know we're going to continue and we're not going to get into like the most disgusting details of it just you know but we are talking about uh power imbalances here and uh you know topics of harassment uh alleged harassment alleged assault uh alleged you know even like degrees beyond that so um if if you're you're the kind of person who listens to the podcast and somehow like you're in the car with your kids and you know, they're not old enough to be hearing this stuff. Please turn it off now. Cause we're only going to get probably more in the weeds with this because it's necessary to discuss a topic like this. And I mean, if you're not a, 
up to uh, hearing that right now, completely understandable. A lot of people, I, I mean, I've talked to, especially some women in the wrestling space who were just like, this is overwhelming to hear this. So, so, so much about it all the time. So completely understood, skip ahead, come back with us next week, whatever. Um, but the allegations are deathly serious um, because it's, first of all, like bare minimum, you hear Janelle Grant's version of the story, which is supported by these text match messages, which while text messages can be faked, it's that comes out very quickly. If you take them to court and then, you know, they're presented and then the, the phone company, the internet pr service providers can look at uh, these messages and determine whether or not they're, they're legitimate. If they came from Vince's phone, that sort of thing. Um, you know, just even aside from that, for all I've been hearing is that like the, the, the type of language and conversation that's used, the, the shorthand, things like that from Vince ring very true to how he speaks uh, when he texts people. Um, but I mean, it's just worth saying Janelle Grant, it's, there's no point in alluding to it. She was in a very desperate place in her life, lived in the, in the same place, building as Vince, um, you know, had, was it, she lost both parents, lost her mother, it, but she, she had been a caregiver. Um, and a know. bankruptcy. There was a bank. They lost their house. All yes. this, all this stuff. Exactly. Lost her house, really desperate, needed, needed a job. So Vince helps her and then a relationship develops. So regardless of how consensual you want to arm such a relationship, uh, just on a base level, that's fraught right there. This is exactly what, you know, the Me Too movement and later the you know, speaking out movement and wrestling were designed to uh, curtail were situations where there are women who and I mean, not always women, but there are people who are in positions where they are taken advantage of because of a power imbalance. So bare minimum, head of the company, and not just that, but as Al said, head de facto with the wrestling business, you know, a very, very powerful man. And even if jo Janelle Grant doesn't know wrestling from anything else, she's still someone who needs a job and who's in this situation and it could turn bad for her. And, um, you know, there were uh, allegations that Vince had told her that he had a lawyer who could make bad things go away and bad people go away and stuff like that. That's threatening in and of itself. If that's, if that was said to her. Um, and then the allegations, I mean, extend to, you know, sexual assault, sexual trafficking. Um, you know, so th th these are things that are actually causing the federal government to the Dep department of justice to step in and look at this case. You know, this turns from, a lawsuit situation to potentially Vince could be in, in prison if he's convicted of some right. of these charges that he could be, you know, accused of, um, you know, and we're, we're a ways off from that. He would have to be indicted and then, you know, a trial and everything else, but um, very, very serious. And then also you have uh, people have referred to not to make light of it, but John Laurinaitis is kind of like the canary singing here. He, uh, you know, or, or uh, what, I haven't seen Goodfellas in so long, but the, the, you know, the lead character and that like, all right, well, this looks really bad for me. So I'm just going to, I'm going to tell everything I know. And I'm, you know, already, already he's affirmed some things that, you know, the company has, has said were not true. Um, that the official line was, this couldn't have happened, didn't happen. You know, it's, 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 it's a really, uh, wild situation because uh it doesn't look good for vince and honestly even just before all this i mean vince is a has been a very a very spiteful person and you know the, there's lots of reasons to suspect his to find his moral compass suspect or lacking or maybe completely non-existent um you know we've discussed them on here we've discussed them in the magazines 
Um, you know, just because someone is a ruthless boss doesn't necessarily mean they go and do things like this. Right. But a lot of this stuff seems yeah. very credible. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's one of my big takeaways was that, uh, and it's another reason that I think McMahon's legacy is so hurt because uh, it, it's not just that these are awful allegations, but it really exposes uh, him as someone who is not very smart, has really bad judgment. And I think, and, and, and who's um, most, uh, uh, the, the biggest part of his success, the, the, the trait that he carries that has been most key to his success is just ruthlessness, right? Just not, not that he's really bright or visionary or, or anything. It's just that he will screw over anyone to, right. to move ahead. And, and that it, you know, because th this has been exposed so many times, you know, when you, um, really dissect creative decisions that came from Vince McMahon versus from, from other people and how so many of um, uh, the, the, the hottest acts that, the, that WWE had, we sort of tripped over and were kind of accidental. And when you see uh, McMahon's brain at work, so often it's been kind of underwhelming, um, but what he has had and, and it is what, um, you know, destroyed the territories and and made WWE the juggernaut that it was and what allowed them to win the Monday Night War is just ruthless aggression right I mean they even like you know uh, made it yeah you know yeah and, and and that's what it is and that comes through the, the the bad parts of that really come through in his interaction um with Janelle Grant A another part of it and and it's relatively small but but you kind of touched on it that I think is um you know, it's got to be so offensive to, to everybody in the locker room is, is seeing that that this woman was going to be promoted to was executive vice president or something with a, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars salary. No qualifications. Right. You know, uh, other than you know, she was uh, his mistress, essentially. And uh, and it that how does that sit with with the people in, in your locker room that, that that's the way people are getting promoted up the chain? I mean, or in just, the in the office, even you know, yeah. in the office yeah. itself, who had to, you know, as we were, I'm reading about it, and it's sort of like this open secret. And I'm familiar with situations like that from working there. I mean, you know, where you just don't talk about it, where something weird's going on. You know, clearly everyone around just knew, okay, you know, we know why this person is here. And it, it's just a a very toxic culture. Again, not news to people who follow it for long enough. But I think when you see it in that much detail right in your face in an undeniable way, it really brings it home. And then you get people, you know, I know people that I worked with and over the years, talent and office people who... Generally, you're always afraid to say too much because this person has so much power and nobody wants to burn their bridges and all that sort of thing. You know, there was an article that just came out in Slate uh, by Josie Reisman, who is the most recent biographer of Vince McMahon, where uh, she's been in touch with Bret Hart ever since writing the book. And Bret Hart went on the record saying, you know, th that this is the last straw for him. And it's interesting how, like, I'm one of those people who never believed for a second that Bret Hart ever changed his opinion about Vince McMahon. I mean, it was a matter of business, but it seemed on the surface like they had reconciled and this whole sort of thing. And you have Brett saying, A, that's completely him in those text messages because that, regardless of what people may think, that is how he texts. Um, and, and B, saying like, you know, I'm embarrassed that I ever respected him or, or thought maybe that he was better than, than this stuff. 
I'm embarrassed to feel that way. And that's Bret Hart saying that. So there's going to be more of that happening now that people are less afraid and intimidated to speak up. That this is We're going to see this play out over years, I think. And, and that's a real key part of the story, too, is the the stain that this puts on everybody else that sort of defended Vince over, over the years, right? Yeah. Anybody who's had good work, you know, The Undertaker, uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson, who just joined their, their board of directors at TKO, it's like, all you people have talked about Vince being this father figure uh, to you. And, um, you know, it, it's clear you, you're left with nothing but the impression of, of a really bad, bad person and an awful uh, human being. And and another point, um, you know, n- not just sort of like uh, malicious and predatory, but pathetic, right? I mean, that was one of my takeaways, too. I mean, seeing him getting off on showing photos to crew members and, the the yeah. validation that that it gives them oh they popped so huge when when I told them this it's it's sad I mean it it's it, it a really seventy five year old man yeah. you know on you know it's bizarre. yeah Glenn Quagmire vibes honestly like what? in a really bad way <laughs> it's just yeah and it also makes yeah. you think and I know that this isn't even that important in the grand scheme of things but one of the reactions I had and I know other people have had is how in the world does he would he even have time to do all this stuff like all we ever hear about. <laughs> Is how he never sleeps, and he's so so driven on the yeah. business, and he's you know a, a micromanager and all this. How in the world is all this even going on? Like it just seems to be like, and it plugs into what you're saying, Al. That I just don't think he is anywhere near as sharp or intelligent or shrewd as people assumed that he was. I think like somebody else that we're not mentioning by name here. I, I, he's it's somebody, exactly the thing. It, he's, it's branding, right? Right. It, it, right. It's, uh, and, and it's somebody who's willing, who, who's not very smart, but is just willing to be ruthless in ways that other people are not and to have no respect for societal norms and to just, so much of society is held together, not by laws and things, but just by people saying, well, that's something you just don't do. You just don't do that. And so when you get somebody who says, well, I don't care about that, like they're obviously able to succeed to a very disturbing degree. That's yeah. what we're and seeing here. And it's funny how a lot of these people are connected, you know. Yes. Uh, now, they, yeah. Those, and, you know, Dana White's name uh, into that uh, as well. And we know who Dana White is often, you know, dragging to his uh, UFC shows at, at uh, in the front row. And, you know, there's Dana White uh, uh, slapping his wife uh, on video. Nothing happens to him. No accountability. Right. Uh, and uh, and again, the, the thought is when, when you are a certain power and you have a certain amount of money and certain influence, the yeah. rules just don't. And again, under Endeavor. I mean, it's it, it, like yeah. you have something like that happen and slap on the wrist. Basically, he... W- I think he wasn't on power slap, which was, you know, an abomination in so many different ways. Yeah, he um, put power slap on right after that. It's unbelievable. And yeah. and I think he he was out of one episode or something like that. Um, you know, but that's, I mean, whatever that should tanked. Because um, of that, this is crazy. Um, I'm not convinced that we have seen the last of Vince McMahon. And it's, it, it, which is insane. Like, and, like, how do, and, and, and the fact that... W- we thought so many times he was out and he, okay, he clawed oh. his way back in. But after the sale. But the difference here is why I think this is different is he doesn't have the power that he had before. Right. Uh, what but happened? He technically before, didn't after the sale, though. No, but he still had, but right after the sale, he didn't. You're right. But he was able to force his way back in, as we know, a year ago, because he still had voting power. He still, he was able to do this whole ridiculous kangaroo court where he elects himself to the board of directors and fires half the board and does all this. He can't do those things anymore. So in order for him to come back now, 
he would really have to be fully abetted by the board of Endeavor, by Ari Emanuel and all these people. And I just don't see how it's in their interest to do that for him. I really don't. As much of a boys club as this is, and I think that's a big part of the problem. I would have argued that before, though, too. But yeah. I, I guess I guess the difference now is you have this level of detail that was like, I think some people were willing to t- sort of turn their heads before and cover their ears and say, oh, that's an affair. It's none of our business, blah, blah, blah. But right. th- I mean, that that's, you know, there's alleged to be so much more here. And and like Al said, even if if it's, you know, even if you just take on a base level, them being in a re- consensual relationship. Well, no, not really, because there, you know, there's such a power imbalance there and the circumstances of her life at the time. And it's I just. Think- so messed up. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. No, no. I, I think I think that his being carried over like that and and, yeah. ca- and disgusting. And I think it was a condition of the sale. I think that's part of it. Like yeah. the sale wasn't going to happen sure. unless he was a part of it, and that's why he voted himself back in because he didn't want to be shut out of the cold. Like he could probably sense that a sale was going to eventually happen, so he wanted to get a sweetheart deal. But if you notice, like yes, they had to play ball with him to make the sale happen. But before this even came out, for weeks before. There was this gradual, like almost neutering of Vince McMahon. Like we are, we are really uh, kind of putting him out to pasture. Like that was happening even before this, where we knew he wasn't involved in creative anymore, where the, the board members were making these bold comments. And we saw the thing in the SEC filing about how he was a liability. Like you could sense that there was this, okay, now that we made the deal, now it's time to start phasing you out kind of a thing. And this just put the cherry on top. Like, I, I just don't, like I said, I, I don't see them allowing him to come back. I could be proven wrong. We'll see. You know, I, I, I largely agree. I just, again, yeah, I've, I've thought that before too. And I, and I don't know what cards maybe uh, uh, McMahon and the McMahon family still have up their sleeve to, to play to somehow, um, you know, regain control of the company. I, I, I guess it's, it's wishful thinking, but it is fascinating that, that the whole sale, uh, was orchestrated, I think, in part for McMahon to to return the, to the the company because remember that was the, he returned her to the guys that I'm coming back to uh, uh, facilitate this sale and and it is a sale that might ultimately be the reason why he is truly out um, for good. But it it is fascinating, you know. Th- there is a thought, and I think you you would see it in any other uh, industry or company, is that y- this is so bad that there really has to be a a, a cleaning of house, right, of, of anybody even. Um, related to, to this uh and laurenitis is gone there's questions about you know what what pritchard's future is but they're at at the helm right now at the press conference last night center stage is, is vince mcmahon's uh, son-in-law um and you you do wonder you know there's the questions of what did he know i don't know how relevant that is uh when you know it, it's even come up like you know if, if people knew about it, why didn't they, they do something? What could you do? He, he's the, he is at the very top of that pyramid, right? I mean, you're going to complain to HR. Uh, uh, th- th- there was nothing you could do. But, but I, I do wonder what this means for the future of WWE and for the future of Paul Levesque um, uh, ostensibly running WWE. Well, there have been stories and rumors and things, nothing confirmed that have been leaking out. I'm sure you've seen about how apparently that is a lot of what was happening behind the scenes. And I would believe that knowing what I know about, for example, the Vince and Shane relationship, having worked there, that there was talk of Shane over the years of even Stephanie and and Paul trying to fight this and trying to stop it from happening and trying to 
politically engage with this. And people have said that that's part of the reason why Shane eventually walked. Because as you could imagine, of the entire McMahon family, Shane was probably, seems to have been the one who was most uh, aware of what was happening. Because apparently his dad may have even been trying to brag about this stuff or get him involved with it in ways that he's not going to do with you know, Stephanie or Linda or people like that. So I think they were saying that that was part of the reason for so much. And believe me, there was so much uh, of a toxic and dysfunctional relationship between Vince and Shane. And look, things of seeing uh, all the conflict that was going on. Stephanie's gone. Now she's back. Vince is here. Now Stephanie leaves and all this kind of thing. Like it's very telling, you know, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes, right? To piece together a lot of that of her probably not wanting anything to do with this, probably being utterly disgusted, knowing what she knows. Um, as far as Paul Levesque, Triple H goes, like my biggest thing with him from a public image point of view is that that Royal Rumble press conference yeah. that could not have been worse. I mean, yeah, I understand that he's the creative guy and it's not really his role to. But there should have been a prepared statement. There should have been something to get in front of this. There maybe should have been Nick Khan or Daria Manuel or somebody kicking it off. Like he was put in this in that situation yep. there. And man, did he, it was the worst possible reaction. Like Cody Rhodes had a better response and much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was a horrible response to just be like, la 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 la. I don't let's know, focus I don't on the good. Say. What a great week. Right. And it's let's terrible. Terrible. This is where PR people earn their keep. Good, and that would—that's what I was thinking. Watching that is—is, yeah. is, uh, and I don't know if it's yeah, Adam Hopkins, uh, but but just you know, crisis management, uh, uh, something like that. Uh, because yeah, that that couldn't have gone worse. Yeah, right. and, and that was—I I think some people even mentioned like maybe you know Adam Hopkins could have gotten ahead of this, but obviously, like you know, it's people are going to do what they're going to do once they get out there. You know, you can advise them, um, and very possible he was advised to say one thing and then but who knows it, it's all speculative but you know looking at that where he talked about this amazing week or awesome week or however he described it which was just like which of course it began awesome you know wwe raw which is you know number one story any other time goes to netflix uh as of 2025 the rock appointed to the board of directors i don't to me you know, typically when reports like this are going to drop and the lawsuit was going to drop and there was the report that was ready to go with it, the uh, involved parties are contacted and made aware of this. And, you know, a few days after all that happens, I'm not saying like the Netflix sale was probably going to go through anyway. Right. But The Rock being appointed to the board of directors right before Vince's going to be implicated in all this and then have to step down. I mean, because what I other imagine. outcome? Yeah, it's it coincidence. How can that be a coincidence? And it, and it really is just like uh, it's uh, it's, and we could talk about how everything since has been kind of like you know do, you were alluding to this before we started uh, recording here today. Al. Like a lot of this is like damage control for it. You know, you have to kind of you know don't look over there, pay no attention to the the horrible snarling beast behind you. Uh, uh, the iron curtain, the, the big curtain there. Um, but you know, one other thing to, to, uh, mention with this, you know, you talked about Vince sort of bringing this on himself. And the thing is that reportedly this, uh, basically Janelle Grant came out with all these details in this lawsuit because she was not paid the sum that she was due 
And right. then, and apparently Vince just thought, oh, I don't have to pay it because she spoke to somebody off the record, I think, and, and resulted in this previous Wall Street Journal story. And it's just completely violating the terms of the NDA. Like, like what kind of like just hubristic, yeah, again, colluded dip at your, your Teflon, you're bigger than, than all of it. Um, yeah. and, and this applies to you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I had the same thought. I mean, like he could have, as he has for the last 50 years, um, you know, swept this under the rug, uh, but but was too kind of uh, dumb, narcissistic to, to even take the steps that it would take to yeah. uh, to do that. Um, maybe the, the, this is a, a transition into everything else that, that came out of it and, and <laughs> yeah, means uh, going forward. And, and it's crazy because even something like CM Punk now being sidelined for for nine months, it becomes almost an afterthought, and and that would be one of the biggest stories. Um, but but that has a a hand also in, in everything that's played out. So right, th- this happens right in the beginning of their their build up to the the biggest um, uh, time of the year for them, WrestleMania season, and uh, lots of moving parts. The Rock joining uh, the board, uh, everything else. Uh, Royal Rumble. I'm not even sure how to how to get get into all this, um, but th- we could talk about what happened last last night. If you want. I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody's really trying to load up WrestleMania 40 as they should. I mean, it it is WrestleMania 40, and as you touched on, I think it's important for them to kind of divert attention from bad stuff and focus it on on the biggest show uh, of the year. You would think that um, you know they they were dealt this this perfect hand in having the opportunity to do a match they wanted to do for for years and arguably what I certainly thought was the biggest match that you could do in in the last twenty years and um, they they had it and they seem to be walking away from it which is is so incredibly fascinating um, that we're talking about the Rock and Roman Reigns um, they they presented. You know, and again, it, it, it seems like from one day to the other, they, they can't make up their minds, and some of it is out of their hands. It is apparent um, that plan A before everything was Cody Roman, Seth uh, Punk. Uh, then Punk is out. Seth, Seth doesn't have an opponent anymore. Vince is in all kinds of trouble, you know, so they're moving uh, pieces. They make the decision well, the biggest match we could do, Rock and, and Roman. Um, with Punk out, we could do Seth Cody. Fans reject it. Fans want Cody in in that main event, and now uh, you know it's kind of for Cody at least a good problem to have, right? That uh, he has become so big that he's sort of bigger than the biggest match that WWE could could present. Um, I guess we'll I'll start by just thinking, what do you think is happening? What what is the main event of of WrestleMania? I'm not still totally clear at this point. I have no idea. Like. Um... <laughs> What they did last night from a storyline point of view and Triple H tweeting about it would indicate that it is Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns again. How, however, however, there's a big however. I don't fully trust that at this point, that this isn't just another part of the storyline, that it isn't going to get changed again, and they have no intention of delivering that match. Uh, people have talked about a triple threat, which would be a colossal mistake, as most main event triple threats are uh people have talked about a tag team match because triple h actually mentioned the tag team match from the first wrestlemania um i i people have talked about cody wrestling the both of them on separate nights 
I don't even want to speculate at this point. Cody I just, or, or Roman wrestling both of them. On I'm sorry, Cody. Yeah, Cody wrestling both of them on separate nights. Um, it Cody feels wrestling Seth and no wrestling Rock and then uh, and and wrestling Roman on different. But then nights. what about Rock and Roman? Now? I'm not saying it all makes sense. I'm yeah, sure. Okay. These yeah. are the these these aren't my suggestions. Yeah. These are like theories. Cody versus. Uh, Seth on night one and you know, challenge for both world titles. And then, uh, you know, there's a million different ways they could go. I just came away from it last night. And I think I, I think I'm in the minority on this, but I think it's like a healthy minority of just thinking this is chaos, but not good chaos. This is just, we don't really know what we're doing and we're flying by the seat of our pants and, oh my God, they didn't like this. Let's try this. Um, like I'm not even a hundred percent sure, based on what I watched last night, that they even fully were set on what they were going to do, even as they were doing it. I almost think <laughs> that they're no, really. I almost think that yeah, there was a little focus group last night to see what fans right. respond. I, yeah. Because let me tell you something: Rock is not a good actor. Okay, he's the highest paid <laughs> actor, but he's not a good actor. And I think what happened is when he came out there, it was almost like let's see what happens. If the people eat it up and love me, full speed ahead. If they don't, then this is our plan B. Cody comes out and we do this thing and have everybody ready in case that happens. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Because when he came out there, at first, he did seem to be quite flustered and flummoxed by that crowd reaction and very uncomfortable and trying, genuinely trying to turn it and not being able to turn it. And my initial reaction was, this is an unmitigated disaster. And then Cody came out at that point, and it turned into something completely different, like almost like this UFC boxing scenario or something. But it just feels very jumbled to me, very confusing. There's no way they planned it this way, because why on earth would you have Cody come out and say, here, you can have my title shot. And then a week later say, I changed my mind. I want my title shot. Nobody plans an angle out that way. I just don't think. I mean, yeah, it's got people talking. Vince Russo might plan an out angle out that way. This feels, right, right, right. But this feels like <laughs> some of the Attitude Era things where they were going for shock value, but it never, but it didn't really make sense, yeah. and it was changing week to week. People have tried to compare this to Austin and Tyson, and, and that—that's what they were trying to create. But I feel like with Austin Tyson, that was good chaos. Yes, it was chaos, but everything made sense. You bought it. Why Austin would be doing this? Why Vince McMahon would suddenly be stepping out of character and becoming enraged and 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 wanting to fight Austin? It all it was chaos, but it was orchestrated chaos. This just seems like we really are not totally sh sure what we're doing, and it almost feels like now that they don't have this crazy old man, this crazy old psycho uh, that everybody is afraid of, keeping everybody in line and being the last word on everything. And God forbid you go against him. But now that you don't have that. Now it's just devolving into this weird power play where we don't really know what we're doing week to week, which is honestly how a lot of other wrestling companies have always been run. And now it seems like that's now WWE as well. I don't know if this is a good thing is what I'm saying. Yeah, somebody it, needs to be the point person for yes, sure. Yes, yeah. right, right. It, it is the, the, the upside and the downside of, of having a Vince McMahon who says, my way of the highway, I don't, I don't care if they're you know cheering for so-and-so. This is our, our uh, main event versus listening to the fans. A and um, I agree it's chaotic. I, I also um, 
I don't know that they're doing anything wrong, right? I mean, I, I think it's just real. This is a, this is a, a crazy, unprecedented uh, situation. Who, you know, we were talking about this in, in the last podcast. I wanted, and I think I'm probably pretty representative of, of WWE fans. I wanted Cody versus Roman. That's the match that I wanted. When I saw that The Rock was available and you could do Roman versus The Rock, I accepted that you got to do The Rock and, and uh, Roman Reigns because you may never be able to do it again. So you have to, to, to jump on it. What I didn't anticipate, and I think um, WWE uh, understandably did not anticipate, is how much people would rather Cody versus uh, uh, Roman and, and just not being you know, as enamored with the the prospect of The Rock and Roman as everybody expected. So it's like, I think it's a match that on paper seems like a huge deal. But in reality, and I think it speaks to Cody being as over as he is. I mean, it's a good problem to have that your top baby face is is bigger than the biggest match. And maybe there's also a part of it um, that people think, you know, yes, the, The Rock and Roman looks great on a poster. The reality is The Rock is... 50 something years old hasn't wrestled a, a match a, a real match in whatever it is a dozen years um it's not going to be that good you know we're going to get a better match with the most sat- more satisfying finish with with Cody and Roman and i think uh oh kevin please continue I'm so 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 I, I i have i have a theory as to why first of all i think with Cody winning the rumble they knew a certain amount of this was going to happen i don't think they anticipated that people would hate the rock in this way i think they thought they would want like both these yeah. guys to go get Roman. You know? yeah. So, 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 um, but I had this conversation, uh, with somebody on Twitter, um, Ivan P videos who, 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 um, proposed this idea. Like what if in the friends finale, instead of like Ross getting Rachel, it was like Jim Carrey came out of nowhere because he's the biggest movie star and got <laughs> Rachel. I have a right. better comparison right. than that. What if it was Brad Pitt who was, who was Jennifer Anderson's real life husband at that point. So there is like a legitimate familial connection, Brad Pitt, much bigger star than David Schwimmer. And Brad Pitt had appeared on the show as an ancillary character years before. Um, so, he's, so, he, so he exists. So he exists in the universe already. So he can come in and do it. Well, fans would have hated that because they haven't been following the story of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston yeah. on friends. They've been following the story of Ross and Rachel on friends. Yeah, so that, I think that's what this is. They they're mm-hmm. invested in the Cody story, and they've been waiting not just all year for it, two years for it. Brian, I looked at the October 2022 issue um, with the the Jade and Thunder Rosa cover because I was sharing it for a different reason on Twitter. Right up top, your the uh, calls to your your big story on Cody. Can Cody fulfill his father's dream? It's going back that far, you know that they were sowing the seeds for this. Oh yeah, and people I mean, want to yeah. see it happen. <laughs> yeah, and I think we we sometimes forget, and this really was driven home for me that um, you you have to remember who your fan base is. That's the thing too. Nothing lasts forever. As big as The Rock is, this is a guy who retired almost twenty years ago and who occasionally comes back. Yes, he's the biggest movie star in the world, although that appears to be changing as well. But um, you can't. You have to think about the fact that there's a huge portion of the fan base who really has only been watching for within the last decade. And, and the rock means significant, at least as a wrestler, significantly less to those people uh, as it might be, as it might mean to us. Uh, What is, what does it mean to kids or teenagers or people in their twenties? Those people care about Cody. They care about the story they've been told, not somebody who's just going to swoop in and steal it. Uh, I just don't think 
it has the same juice now as it did, let's say, with Cena, where, okay, he's coming back again now. And it, but that, that's 10 years ago, like you said. It's just not the same audience anymore. And I didn't even fully realize it until all this, but I think it's time to realize that. I'm also looking at it going with all of this that they've been doing now, forcing him into this situation. I think he's been forcing himself into it. I think uh, the way I look at it, and again, maybe I'm off base, I feel like this is weakening everyone involved. Um, Roman is now like a second banana, uh, and he's already been losing steam. The Rock has been like destroyed as far as like this legend that they could bring in now and then for a pop. That's over. Seth looks like an idiot. They made him like a look like a dork last night. And I even think it's it, it's hurting Cody because for the first That's the one I'm not sure of. I mean, I, I think there, listen there where Cody comes out bigger because of this. Yeah, it could happen, but I think in the moment now, last night was the first time that guess what? Finally. Some of the audience turned on Cody. The first time we ever heard that Cody sucks in response to, you know, uh, we want Cody, right? So, there, so there's now like this little portion of the fan base that's had this thought put into their head, like, no, nah, we want The Rock. Uh, we don't want this match like we thought we did. Uh, you know, and how come he didn't do this? How come he stepped aside for Rock? He looks weak. Like there's a portion now. The seed's been planted of the thing that I've been afraid of happening for the last two years which is the fans turning on Cody. Um, That's one looking at it. The, the other way again is that it, it says something about how big Cody is that you present the biggest match you could possibly have in, in the rock and Roman Reigns, this match that's been talked about even in, in the mainstream on, you know, Jimmy Fallon, you know, uh, it, it was built into the rocks, uh, a show young rock and NBC. It's like the dream match of dream matches. These two cousins from the same family, biggest stars in wrestling and Cody is so popular that he trumps all of that. People want him more than they want all of that. So, but I agree. All you know, the downside is that yeah, you're, you're going to get some pushback from the Rock contingent, and it might soften uh, uh, Cody a little bit. I I think there have been some uh, uh, missteps in the handling of the Rock. For, for one, um, after him being absent for so long, we've gotten kind of a lot of the Rock over the the last few weeks, and so it, it you know that that first pop that he comes through and the rock is back imagine if we didn't get um you know we hadn't seen rock for for years uh as as it had been you know how many years had been since he had even been on WWE television and the first he comes out is on smackdown when when cody introduces him it would have been a, a different pop but we've seen him you know whatever it is two three times just in in the last uh several weeks then him joining the board of directors it's like uh, you know how much he's the boss now he's an executive you know he's uh, booking himself in in the main event, so some of that I think was a a, a little tone deaf. Um, I, I you know I agree this is this is fraught with all kinds of uh, uh, potential risks. I think there's the there's a way that they get get out of this uh, well and where they want to yeah. be with Cody position as the top guy, super over. The other comparison you know that that isn't uh, uh, friends is <laughs> WrestleMania. Right. I mean, and and it was kind of the, the same with with uh, everything that had been building to Daniel Bryan. The fans wanted Daniel Bryan. They get an opportunity to bring back Batista, who had become something of a Hollywood star. Yeah. They slot him in this main event. Fans were like, no, we don't want this. And um, Daniel Bryan came out bigger uh, because of it. So that's kind of a, a, a more clear parallel, um, I, I think. Uh, but it's tough because 
you know, do you want to sacrifice the rock? I think I think you're absolutely I, right. Rock. rock means a lot less now in some ways than than just a few weeks ago. I think it's interesting, and and I certainly could have predicted this that. Um, one way they're trying to roll with it is is kind of essentially a rock heel turn and aligning him with Roman, which that which seems no- to, that was my assumption from watching that that that's what. Yeah, happening. I mean, he, he he becomes a member of the bloodline, I guess. Now, I mean, is he sort of like the Rock's muscle now? Yeah, right. Like like that's what I mean of Ro- even Roman being downgraded because it did feel like now they're in league together. They had that big like Predator Arnold Schwarzenegger Carl Weathers handshake that they did, <laughs> and the. the they did that backstage thing with with Triple H, where it really does seem like they are now together. And by the yeah. way, like this is this is a quibble, but for crying out loud, in such an important moment like that, that confrontation, why do you have? Why does The Rock have to curse up a blue streak where we we don't even know what the heck he said? You know, it would have been a, a much better moment if it wasn't all bleeped out. But I think now even Triple H looks bad. Even he now has been made to look weak in this scenario. Like everybody looks weaker than they did when this started to me. I'm, I'm kind of with Al in that. I think they can stick the landing on this. Um, and, and there's validity to, to, to uh, 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 what was said about the, the Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson now comparison. Um, but I think the difference here is as much as they want to try and like uh, rewrite history a lot of that really was they had to be dragged kicking and screaming into that situation whereas i think they're trying to sort of artificially recreate it here in a lot of ways and they are and right and i think the biggest issue is that they're not quite sure what how they want to do it they don't have a real game plan for how to do it they just want to throw a bunch of like i hate to use the term but work shoot stuff at the walls get people riled up and I think it's having some unintended consequences because it's diluting the reactions these various people are getting. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, they can certainly turn it around. They have time to yeah. turn it around, but it, it feels messy right now. And I, and, and I think we are in the minority for saying that. But yeah, I, I mean, what was super clear, you know, at, at the end of the presser last night when they threw it back to, to Punk and Biggie and, and Cole, um, and, and Cole, I'm sure, getting directions in his headset, <laughs> is like, promote, you know, Roman versus Cody. That's the match. And Punk and 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 Big E, they're not playing along. They're like, we're not really <laughs> going on what the match is. Like, no, but and, and Cole's like, no, what are you talking about? There's the there's the poster, you know, mm. uh Cody Roman, that's the match. But they're like, nah, that can't be. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and then Punk having what for me was almost like the line of the whole thing where he goes like something like, sometimes you just have to punch somebody in the face <laughs> to solve a problem. Yeah, right. Oh god. <laughs> Falling out of the body for sort of being emasculated uh, yeah. in the whole that said, there was good stuff. I mean, there are little subtle stuff. I liked um, uh, The Rock talking about this being uh, the, the 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 only royal family in wrestling, kind of hinting to, to Cody's music, right? There's more than one royal family. and uh, uh, So there was a lot of good stuff, the, the, the back and forth about their, their lineage, the slap. You know, I got excited uh, about it. I, I think they'll figure this out. I'm still not really clear what you do, though. I, you know, I would have been... I wouldn't have a few weeks ago, but I got to the point where I, I thought, you know, Roman, Rock, Cody, Triple Threat could be good. Um, it injects some star power, um, so you, so it's not just a straight rematch from a match that we saw a year ago, and you've got The Rock in it. The Rock would have to do less, which would be right. good for him, because he would only be uh, yeah. you know, one-third of a match. So, um, and, and you can have, you know, Cody, Pin, Roman, and, and it's sort of the same thing. So, uh, but now that Cody, that, that Rock and Roman are are aligned, I don't know that that works because now you don't have the heat between those two anymore. So 
I don't know. The, the other thing, you know, we're barely talking about Seth Rollins. There's some thought that do they do the tag team match in Australia? They really don't have much of a main event for Australia right now. Um, hmm. So I could see that. What what um, what do you do with with Seth Rollins now? He he lost his opponent in CM Punk. Um, I you know I I thought it was possible that since Cody talked about wanting it all, does he challenge for both titles? Does he go up for Seth night one and then um, Roman uh, night two? Is that overkill? Is it risky because he could get hurt? I think I yeah I think that's 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 too much and and it is risky on the injury front. I I think more likely you see the, at elimination chamber. Um, a number one contenders match for uh, for Seth, you know, especially if Cody is officially, um, uh, you know, challenging Roman, or at least that's the story for now. Uh, you know, not to not to bring back with all the stuff we started with, but like this is a hell of a way to divert everyone's attention, yeah. At least within the wrestling sphere. Um, and then you know that's not going to stop the tide of stories and things that are going to come out and 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 trouble for the company. Um, but you know, it's worth acknowledging that this is very, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I used the term damage control before, but I, it's, it, you know, it, we want to cover the wrestling aspect of it. I don't want to stick too much on the business side, but like, who it is a topsy turvy time. And I feel, you know, I'm going to try and get this uh, episode up today after we record it because things yeah. change so fast. <laughs> Do, do yeah. you think, taking it back around, do you think WrestleMania um, has any negative impact from the, the Vince stuff? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think they're, they're full. I mean, you'll never know whether they could have made, you know, $1.75 billion instead of $1.5 billion or something like that. But I think for all intents and purposes, um, they're, they're going to get out of this sort of unscathed at, at least as far as how big a success wrestlemania is it also depends on what else comes out because we don't know yeah. you know uh this this and when yeah the, you know janelle grant is by far not the only person and I, i'm not going out on a limb to say that we know that he's paid out something like 12 15 million or something just in she the last in the biggest settlement yeah right and i mean there's rita chatterton goes back to the 80s for crying out loud i mean there are more things um speaking of singing you know like a canary uh john laurinitis was out there contradicting stuff about the ashley mazzaro situation where the company claimed they they knew nothing and vince claimed that he knew nothing and and john is saying yes we knew everything but he's also making the ridiculous claim of we handled it through all proper company protocols like clearly then you need to change the company protocols if, if that's how you handle things like this so now that's coming out i, I mean it, it it depends do I think the average fan cares about things like this? No, but but this kind of bad press over a sustained period of time could hurt business potentially. Sure, I mean that's always a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I think the next big shooter drop um, would be an indictment, right? Because um, the the Janelle Grant suit is not going to go to trial, right? I mean, they're, 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 this is going to settle. Uh, I would think unless she wants you want the 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 lawsuit to, according to the legal team they want a jury trial that's what's been said that they are seeking yeah but i think that's a, that's a tactic I, I mean at the end of the day um you know I, I think you go with the pat hand i think she knows that they could get a, a huge settlement um and there's always a risk of going to trial uh that you you leave with nothing and clearly mcmahon is going to be uh motivated to 
to and and all of WWE is going to be motivated to come up with some kind of settlement so you don't go through discovery and everything uh, uh, comes out. So, but I do wonder, you know, if if WrestleMania week, and and I don't know realistically how quickly it could happen, but do we see McMahon in handcuffs, and what does that mean for the show? Right. Well, because some of it may also be out of the hands of of Janelle Grant and a legal team. Like there's situations where, especially when you hear that, um, you know, federal agents are investigating and things. There's situations where something becomes a criminal case, regardless of the civil aspect of it. There could be a civil lawsuit as well, which is something where you settle. But if it but if it's if it's an actual full on criminal case. United States versus Vince McMahon, there is no settling in a situation like that. That's the thing. Like if it does get to that point, then it goes, then it goes to trial regardless. Uh, you know, there's no settling with, with the U S government. So like, if it goes in that direction, then he's are plea agreements. There, right. There's a- right. No, right. But there's no, right. You can, but it becomes a very different animal if it gets to that point and, and you look mm-hmm. at very, very serious uh, possible, legal repercussions for Vince, even possible jail time that's yeah. not off the table here. Yeah. Um, let, let's move uh, way down in the importance uh, scale, but but there was a lot of other news coming out of uh, the Rumble and, and relevant to WrestleMania, the whole of the Royal Rumble with uh, a Bailey winning it, going on to challenge uh, EO. Not super clear still what's happening with Rhea. They had a um, her face-off with Becky, which you know, sounds like a, 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 a fine direction, but they also had Bianca come out and kind of cut this promo um, and their elimination chamber. Maybe that becomes a triple threat. Uh, uh, and any thoughts? And, and the women's rumble, um, there was a lot of news in it actually, between Jordan Grace coming out and, and Jade. I mean, these are all stories that, again, any other week would be such a big deal. Yeah. Jane Cargill uh, debuting. Uh, Naomi. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so, yeah. I should just say with the women's rumble, um, you know, and there were some, there were a few awkward stretches in it, um, and for that matter, there were a couple in the men's as well. Um, but uh, Laura Brubaker, our designer, believe it or not, had never seen a wrestling show before. She'd seen like bits of wrestling matches and stuff. As wild as that sounds, her focus has always been on the design. You know, lending her artistic perspective to what we bring to the table from the, on the wrestling side. So she and her husband Mike came over and they watched the Royal Rumble with us. And uh, she by far preferred the women's match because there was just, there were so many personalities on display. There were, uh, you know, the crowd was really into it with the surprise reactions. You had Naomi's return. You, uh, you had Jordan Grace coming out with the knockouts world title belt, um, you know, and acknowledged as, as such, you know, as a member of the TNA roster. And she hung in there for a while, mm-hmm. only eliminated by like this really just sick looking KOD from Bianca on the apron, which, I was like, oh man, I see why they brought Jordan in. Like <laughs> somebody has to, if somebody's gonna do this, um, you can handle she can handle it. She's used to a very hard hitting style. You had Jade with the star turn in the match. It was just a really uh it was it was a cool thing to see. Um and I I I, I think it was very uh positive for uh f- I mean for women in the re- in wrestling overall, because I mean then you had TNA turn around and they they had the Jordan thing, uh, like her kind of her road to the Royal Rumble showcased on, on their TV. And, you know, obviously TNA, there's, there's some changes there and you alluded to it up top. Scott Demore is now out, you know, the details are not quite clear on why that is now. There are lots of speculation. Um, but certainly a lot of the talent is not very happy about it. Um, 
so it's it's kind of like a mixed bag for them in that in that regard they got this this boost from the rebrand and from the rumble but that's a whole other topic we could get into i i could go on about the the rossio gala stardom stuff with him being yeah. gone right and i and there's some stuff i i uh you know i i know a little bit more about that that situation just from talking to people you know around it but like you said there's too much to get into we can't even really crack all of it yeah yeah and that's you know i had a bunch of other topics here sting winning uh, the tag team title the the yep. um the the new wbd uh, disney streaming platform and what that means for aw and and you know carmelo and trick and nxt they finally had their big uh breakup yeah. and it seems to be headed for probably nxt's biggest match of the year um but but yeah obviously we can't get in, into uh all of it as far you know uh in as much as wrestlemania is the biggest thing on the horizon we've we've already dissected the main event a lot what what are some other matches that seem to be coming into place and and um how is it looking you know so uh i guess the only other thing we know officially is is bailey and eo and that's it should be a really good match i think we all know that's not going to be a main event i mean that's going to be somewhere in the middle of of night one or, not, or night two um and you know again we don't even know what what the match is with seth you know it, it really was sort of burying it but 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 it's a huge loss to lose cm punk i mean maybe um the the, the second biggest star in the, the company uh, behind Cody and now it's going to be on the sidelines. Is he going to host something like that? It, it's just a shame. And, you know, but that does create some, some openings, whether it's Gunther, Drew McIntyre, we haven't mentioned him. He's been doing fantastic work. I mean, he's doing some of the yeah. best work uh, of his career over uh, the last few weeks it, with all of these huge personalities and, and, and egos. Drew has, has been able to uh, uh, stand out. So do they run back Seth and Drew? Is it some kind of, you know, multi-person match? It, what would you like to see, Brian? I think that's a. I think the Drew situation is is a big possibility for Seth. I think that's something that they could a direction that they could go in. Um, I agree with you about how he's been great. I mean, you know, there was a period there where he just seemed lost in the shuffle and kind of they didn't have anything interesting for him, and you forget about how how good he is. But he's had like this fire under him since Punk has been back. I mean. I never thought of him as being one of those real guys where you really look forward to their promos, but that's been the case now with him, you know, taking shots at punk and talking to Cody and talking to Rollins. It's been among the highlights of the show. I also think, and maybe this is just because it's just different booking style now with Vince, not there that they seem to be teasing something with Gunther and Seth Rollins. Uh, where I, to the point where I almost was thinking they were going to have him win the rumble because, you know, if, and have him versus Seth Rollins. Um, but again, it's like the, the thing under Vince, it was always never, never push or tease or advertise something you're not going to deliver on. I think all bets are off now at that. I think it's almost like they, they now are taking pleasure in teasing a million different things and having you wonder what might possibly happen. Oh, just one more thing, a quick thing yeah. I want to say about the Gunther thing is, however, with Seth being in the shape that he's in and 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 really being questionable as to how effective he could be, I think maybe the last person you want to have him in there with is a Gunther who is who has a very physical style. I'm not saying that he's dangerous or that he's going to hurt somebody, but a very physical style of wrestling yeah, that might not be the move. So sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, is injured. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah, and and the other factor that we haven't talked about is, is Brock Lesnar, who was the original opponent, um, uh, ostensibly that's that's what we'd heard 
for for Gunther gets mixed up. You know, he is essentially named in the in the Janelle Grant lawsuit. Mm-hmm. He was named on the Wall Street Journal reporting on it. Yeah. Like it can yeah, look. It can only be him. The description that they give. There is no one else who fits that description but him. Nobody. So he's right. out. And again, you talk about it, it, it. You know, this is all feels like one big giant story. All of it. You know. And and Brian, so, sorry to have uh, tried to. Uh, I was actually just trying to squeak in and add one little uh, uh, caveat to what you're saying about Vince teasing things he didn't deliver. Not, you don't deliver on. That was only true on a macro scale constantly advertise things for weekly shows that were taped that didn't happen well yeah true. all the time that's yeah. true that like is let's true. let's because i've heard and it's not just you i've heard like so many people have have uh you know stated some version of that over the last few weeks yeah you know, I, I think i heard uh dave Meltzer and brian alvarez say the same thing and on a macro level true on a micro level like a match is advertised for raw i mean they would have like four matches that were announced and you'd be lucky to see one or two of them you know so it's just that's true, but yeah, but like you said, on the on the top level of things, like yes. I remember the most notorious one that comes to mind is when um, Brock Lesnar was on Steve Austin's show, and they had a little back and forth tease of like yeah. Brock wanting to get Lesnar, uh, Brock wanting to get Austin in the ring, which in no way, shape, or form was going to happen, and Vince was furious about that. Of why were they? In fact, I think it even maybe led to them changing things up on how Austin's show was presented, like. He just was not happy with teasing this potential mega match that in no way was ever going to happen. So, I, I mean, yeah, maybe on the smaller things, just because it, the, the booking week to week was so chaotic as to what side of the bed Vince was on. But when it came to the big things that were going to draw money, it seemed like he never wanted to put something out there, a seed. And sometimes it made things predictable, but he never would plant a seed that wasn't that he didn't have an intention of, of growing, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, we got through a lot here. Uh, I think, obviously, not not everything, uh, but um, still, several weeks between now and WrestleMania. I'm sure the card will uh, continue to take shape, and and we'll be here to talk about all of it. Uh, before we head out, uh, uh, Brian, uh, I know some developments in in your book, right? You got to uh, sit down with uh, some members of the Monsoon family, not the the Morello family, I guess. Yes, I went. She well, she joked to me that they sometimes in the she in, in assisted living, and sometimes people the, the staff there will call her Mrs. Monsoon. But oh. but no, I did get to go. I was visiting my daughter in Philadelphia, and right across the river there, in uh, right across the Benjamin Franklin Bridge in New Jersey, is where they live, the Morella family. So I was able to, on the way back to stop and meet Mrs. Morella, Maureen Morella, um, Gorilla's widow. And his daughter, Valerie, uh, his other daughter, Sharon, who was not able to make it. I think she was sick and didn't want to get her mother sick. But um, I got to sit with them. And let me tell you, I, I didn't see it going this way because I thought it was just going to be conversations. And I wanted to show my face. I'm writing this book. And they live within driving distance. And we have a good relationship. I wanted to talk to them, see them, pick their brain before the book is done. I've been interviewing them, but meet them in person. But what it turned into was, my God, I, I, the photos and things that they have. I, I don't even—I didn't even know where to begin. Like, I just feel like I'm gonna—I need to just put out a photo book because the, the photography that they have is incredible, and it—and it's making me so excited for the book and what it's gonna look like. It's the one aspect of the Sheik book that I wasn't able to deliver on because I wasn't working with the family, meaning these kind of like ca- candid type photos that only a family would have. And that's going to be a part of this book, so I'm I'm super thrilled about it. Was it was it you know photo albums? Yes, I, I 
giant yeah. photo albums and scrapbooks and things that they had just amazing amazing stuff um stuff going from you know there's going to be uh, there's going to be a baby picture in this one that was the one mm -hmm. thing i couldn't i couldn't deliver in the chic book i wanted the baby picture of the chic there will be a baby picture you know things like that are in are going to be there and just stuff of him as a young man in college and touring the world as an amateur wrestler and just going to japan uh, uh just home life um, and and just even getting to see everything like he he had, he loved the, the going to Japan and that actually played a big part in even in creating the Gorilla Monsoon persona be, that he actually had an affinity for Asian culture and in the apartment there still to this day she has all this decor and things that he brought over from Japan uh, paintings and vases and knickknacks and things there's like a kind of a Japanese flavor to to their home and she said that's what it was even like when they had their house that they lived in together so like these are insights and things that um i i was never able to get for the last book and i'm excited to be doing it this time and i'm just you know they're they're wonderful wonderful people and it's been a pleasure working with them it sounds like they're they're all in there they're excited about this Yes, they are. And it, it makes it one thing that makes it so easy. And on that front is that Gino was such a universally loved guy. Every no one had a bad word to say about him, literally. And, you know, that look, that's just wasn't the case with the Sheik. So in the book, there were things in there that I'm sure a family doesn't want to have to read about someone they love. That's not really the case with this book. This book is much more of a celebration uh, it, it's much more, not that he was an angel and never did anything wrong. I, um, you know, but, but he was loved and there's much more warm, positive feelings. So that's a big reason why it's much easier to work with the family because they understand what I'm trying to do here. This is not, this is, this book is a celebration that's long overdue. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and for people that have no idea what we're talking about, the book is Irresistible Force, The Life and Times of Gorilla Monsoon, which I am hard at work on now and i hope to have out within a year from the this moment that i'm speaking in so excellent can't wait for it yeah uh kevin anything you want to uh, promote uh, magazine uh what what I, I know i just conducted a pretty fun interview for uh, uh, uh oh yeah, yeah that's that so that one's a little bit of a ways off um although not too far off but we do have a new digital edition dropping next week with the the may issue which we uh once again, it, this isn't this, this isn't something I'd intended to do, but we once again have this big spotlight on Japan with lots of photos uh, from the big events around the beginning of the year. We have some very cool interviews in there, some some surprising ones, I think, even. Um, and there may or may not be an alternate cover for our UK audience for this one, which will be fun for collectors because we'll have some copies that uh you know for sale on our website. So that's coming up. We'll actually print it with two different covers. Oh, that's yep. really neat. Two different cover photos. Yep. When's the last time we did that? Have we ever done that? I don't think we've ever done that. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Exciting. All right. AWA-online.com. Place to go for all that. Guys, thank you so much. Um, let's pray that there's not this many things. <laughs> Again, uh, let's keep things kind of calm and closing. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. And we will be back. <laughs>